Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're glad you're here. We've got a lot of football to talk about on the college ranks and talking also about the Colts and their matchup with Tennessee tomorrow. Busiest guy you know, the Minister of Information, Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, what's going on? It's great to be with you and James Adams on a Saturday night. Plenty happening in the college football world. We already have two big wins to tell you about. Purdue defeating Minnesota 20-10. to Those are the number 21 Golden Gophers, by the way. The Boilers get a key road win. And in double overtime, Ball State outlasts Northern Illinois 44-38. Plenty of Division Two, Three, and NAIA scores to get to as well. We'll also tell you about the Indiana Hoosiers, who at halftime right now are tied with Nebraska on the road. That's a 21-21 ball game. Colts and the Titans tomorrow afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium. That will be a 1 o'clock kick. Coming up tonight on IST, you'll hear from Frank Reich, Matt Ryan, and Jonathan Taylor, as well in Major League Baseball. Could the hottest team in the big leagues right now be the Chicago Cubs. We'll tell you about that and more. Busy night on IST coming your way next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org, the website. Brendan King, great to hear your voice. Glad you're in tonight. How are you? Coach, doing good and have been communicating with my parents all day. We talked a little bit about this yesterday that Naples, right, right. we both have family down there. Everybody's doing good. Um, my parents' place, it is untouched, which is terrific to hear. And uh, you know what? Yeah, they are they yeah. are down there and they're going to be helping out some people that they know and some recovery efforts because they're all good. So, but there are some places down the street that need some help. So they'll be chipping in a little bit over there as they get the cleanup ready to roll. Sure. Uh, talked to my daughter today. Her husband is driving. He, he's heading over to Fort Lauderdale. Yep. He's catching a flight out tomorrow afternoon. Gets he'll get into Chicago. To he's got some work in Chicago. So he, you know, he is a guy who works remotely and. Um, their internet has been spotty, and so he needs so he needed to find a way to humanity, and so he's he's on the he'll be on the noon balloon to Rangoon tomorrow, so um, getting back and uh, trying to do some work. But their house similarly unscathed. They lost a couple little trees that they didn't even care about, so they're gone. But beyond that, they're all they're all good. They had to track down their dumpster halfway <laughs> down the street, so. Uh, it's all good, but it's uh, devastation around them. Well, we yeah. all know that. A couple of places you and I f- uh, are familiar with in downtown Naples, down on Fifth Street. Uh, they said Tommy Bahama got hit, but yeah. it uh, you know it, it'll be they'll be able to get it back to to normal. Um, uh, some of the other places uh, where my wife and, and I and, and our daughter and son-in-law like to have dinner all seem to get through it okay. So. Um, they said downtown Naples was was okay. Now, you know the beach. Uh, certain places along the beach uh, aren't good. So, um, so we're just glad our families are safe, their homes are safe, and everything uh, will be fine. And we'll see how that goes. So, okay, you're all set, ready to go. No, I know you're fired up about the Chicago Cubs. I, I I don't know why, but I know you're fired up about the Cubs and where they are right now. Hottest team going? Is that what you're saying? Coach, they've won six straight, and they just put together their first winning month in 2022. So they're ending 
positively and possibly building something for 2023. You don't know, but you're ending on a good note. And, Coach, right. it's really interesting. You know I was at Wrigley on Wednesday. And, uh, Coach, yeah. they swept. How'd that go? Oh, it was terrific. How'd it go? 4-2 was the final. Cubs beat the Phillies. And, Coach, here's why I kind of teased that in the update. The Cubs have won right. six straight. They're 6-0 and against the Phillies this year, and possibly the Phillies are still alive when it comes to the NL wild card, but that's really, Coach, one of the last races to watch for the playoffs in the big wow. leagues right now. Right. The Cubs end up going 6-0 and against the Phillies this year. They just swept them at Wrigley, and right now Philadelphia, <laughs> they're going to have to win every game down the road, right. Coach, if they right. want to sneak in the playoffs. So, look, if you can't win the Central <laughs> Division, you can at least play some spoiler, and that's really fun to see. Our our boy, Brendan King, did the radio broadcast of the Cubs game Wednesday from Wrigley. How was that? Uh, a special coach, for sure. I mean, getting to see people like Ron Coomer and Pat Hughes and John Shambi around the broadcast booth at Wrigley and, you know, getting to call a win. And I think the most fun part about it, Coach, is that I told you this. I know five, six, or seven players on the Cubs roster now. And the guy that closed out the game, Brandon Hughes, he's a lefty. Mm -hmm. He struck out Bryce Harper in the ninth inning. And look, he's playing with us back in 2019. So good for Brandon. And uh, it was a fun night, Coach. I mean, beautiful night at Wrigley in the Uh Uh mid-60s. It just felt like fall. The wind was breezing in. It was a pitcher's day. Uh, So a special night for sure. Well, congratulations. We're happy for you. Brendan King, every 15 minutes on the show, plus other times throughout the night, we'll be chatting him up. Coming up, a little little break. Come back and talk some. We're going to talk with Greg Rakestraw from the ISC Network and also from the Colts Radio Network, their television play-by-play guy in the preseason games. There's a game, the Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow, you might be aware of, might be interested in, the uh, Tennessee Titans in town to take on the Colts after last week's uh, solid victory, putting them on the left-hand side of the column with a W. So we'll talk about that throughout the night. Plenty of college football to talk about tonight, too. And uh, really want to hear more about this overtime win by Ball State. Love to see that for our our good friend Mike New and for the Cardinals, exciting for them to get a W this afternoon. So we got a lot of football to talk about. Don't forget to join Paul Condry and me on the pairing show a week from tomorrow night, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock on many of these great stations around the state and on the IHSA Champions television, radio and television network. So make sure you join us, see who's going to be playing whom. Later on tonight, Paul Condry will join me and talk about week seven. From last night, set the stage for week number eight. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Greg Rakestraw joins me. The voice of the Indy 11, they lose to Tulsa tonight, 11-2. Greg, thanks so much for the call. Not a good night for the good guys. No, and and it was kind of against the grain of how they have been playing as of late. They have won five of their last seven, only had lost one. But it was the third match they had played in the last seven days. That included a trip up and back to Atlanta and a 1-0 victory on Wednesday. They had had a chance to rotate the squad, and and so I'm not sure how much the legs kind of were a factor. Just just a night where after having back-to-back clean sheets, they allow four goals, three of them. A teenager and Lucas Owinski uh, from uh, FC Tulsa that was getting just his second appearance in a Tulsa uniform 
it was a back and forth game. Indy had some chances they couldn't convert. Uh, unfortunately, it's just just a, a negative result. But again, at the same time, you know, Indy has known they're not going to be a playoff team this year. You right. kind of wipe those in a little bit quicker. And now just two matches left in the season for Mark Lowry, including next Saturday's home finale at uh, Carroll Stadium. Well, you know what? They're, this is a team that, I, I, you know, you see them obviously much more than I do. But there were some flashes, uh, some exciting, some things to get excited about. Um, play a very difficult schedule. It's a, a relatively young team. So plenty of things to uh, look forward to in their next outing. Yeah, you're, you're, again, they'll play Charleston, and Charleston is a team that Indy beat 4-3 when they played back on June 4th in Charleston. Uh, Charleston got beat tonight 6-3. to So, in other words, I'd expect to see about as many goals as you saw tonight, yep. if, if not more, uh, you know, for the Indy 11. So, it should be an exciting night. If the weather is anything as good as it was tonight, we're in for a special night next Saturday night. But obviously the attention for the Indy 11, uh, for as much effort as you put into an individual match, you really are starting to think about next year and, and, and you know how many of the pieces of this team return. What kind of do you need in addition? You know, it, it, it's a team, and, and you've probably been there as a coach, where you go, all right, I'm going to kind of play a different system because I think it fits my team better. And you get to about halfway in the season, you're like, nope, we're going to scrap that. We're going to go back to playing how I want to play. And, and that's kind of what Mark Lowry did this year. Something you couldn't do at IUPUI or Franklin was trade players. Mark could do that. And the Indian pulled off five mm-hmm. or six different mm-hmm. player moves, you know, kind of late June, July, and into early August. I think all those guys are pretty good fits. And I think there'll be more of those guys back and, and, and more guys, you know, that, in other words, I don't, I'm not sure it's a complete roster makeover. I think it's right. just kind of a handful of pieces, maybe even some more depth that get brought in. And so you know, there's going to be a great focus on these next two matches on both the 8th and the 12th. But already I can tell you the wheels are in motion in terms of, hey, what's the offseason going to look like uh, for this club? You talk about the scenario. I, I did that scenario my first year as a coach at Franklin. Yep. I, 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 I decided, you know, I'd keep the offense that I, that I inherited uh, from my predecessor, Coach Thompson. And at Christmas time, I called all of my guys and I said, when you come back after after Christmas break, uh, we'll have a brand new offense. And I, I went, uh, that's un, that's unheard of, to, if you want the honest truth. And uh, it was the biggest right. gamble I ever made and was the best thing I ever did because we put that offense in. And trust me when I tell you, you couldn't guard us. <laughs> you, you just, I, I, and, and it worked, it worked perfectly for those guys. And I respect coaches that say, you know what? We're going to play a completely different style yeah. because than, than yeah. I'm used to because I think it better fits my team. But but this was an Indy 11 team that, for whatever reason, got to got to the middle of June and things just started to fall apart. You know, it was a team that went from June 4th until August 27th before they got their next win. It only had a couple of draws, you know, during that time. Everything that, that, that could go wrong did. Um, and so they've been playing much better as of late. You'll kind of – you wouldn't say the night's a fluke. You kind of chalk it up to a bad right. result. I think this one kind of gets swept away quickly, and the focus goes on to uh, getting a, a final win for the home fans this season coming up next Saturday night. You can through the uh, scoreboard update? Of course. All right. We'll come back. Uh, the Indy 11 lose to Tulsa tonight at 11-2. to two. We'll talk about the Colts and Tennessee coming up. 
than uh, a lot of football throughout the night. Time now for a scoreboard update with the man himself, Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you are the man. Thank you so much. The Indiana Hoosiers right now in action against Nebraska on the road. The Cornhuskers and the Hoosiers tied at 21 at halftime. Connor Bazelak for the Hoosiers, 13 of 24. He has one touchdown pass and 159 yards through the air. Jalen Lucas on the ground, the leading rusher for Indiana. Three carries in that first half for 39 yards. How about the Purdue Boilermakers on the road? They topple Minnesota. Number 21 of where the Golden Gophers coming into this one. 20 to 10, the final. Aiden O'Connell back in action. 199 yards. O'Connell did not have a touchdown through two picks. Purdue, though, still finds a way. Devin Mockaby, 11 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He has been a heck of a story for this Purdue squad so far this year, the freshman from Boonville, Indiana. Then to the Ball State Cardinals. They outlast Northern Illinois in double overtime, 44-38. to John Paddock for Ball State, 40-58. of 58. 403 yards, three touchdowns. And how about the name Carson Steele? Remember him? The old guy from Center Grove, 24 carries, 77 yards, three touchdowns on the ground for Carson Steele. And coming into this game, Carson Steele had three straight games of 100-plus yards on the ground. Good day for the Cardinals. Good day for the Boilers. Let's see what happens with the Hoosiers. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Anytime we get a chance to talk to the best at what he does, we try to take advantage of it. It's Greg Rostraw, ISC Network, cast partner for IUPUI Basketball. We're going to be doing that right around the corner. And, you know, he's involved in so many things. It's hard to separate them all. During the Colts preseason, you got a chance to watch him as their play-by-play guy on the preseason games. He's now part of the uh, Colts radio broadcast. You want to call in after the game and chat it up with Greg Rakestraw? Do that. Greg, Tennessee, and the Colts, everybody's fired up now. We, we got that first win. It was an impressive win last week. And uh, plenty of reasons to be excited about this matchup against Tennessee. Tennessee, obviously pretty good. And uh, this will be an interesting matchup. Very much so. Uh, and, and it's a Colts injury report that looked a little scary on Wednesday. Because you had guys like DeForest mm-hmm. Buckner and Jonathan Taylor missing a practice. And to give you an idea of the durability of Jonathan Taylor, it's the first practice he missed for a non-COVID reason in three seasons with the Indianapolis Colts. In fact, the last practice wow. he missed, he was in high school. To give you an idea as, as to the, the physical care he takes of uh, he takes care of himself. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, but he, it was a toe injury. He's back at practice, and he's going to be ready to go for tomorrow. The good news on the injury front uh, is that Shaquille Leonard will likely make his season debut. Uh, is, is he going to play the full good. way? I probably don't think so. Uh, I think he's probably more of a, of a pass-rushing-down type of specialist. But when you get a, a guy that's an all-pro slash Pro Bowl level player, clearly that is a great thing for this football team. And for as well as they played defensively last week against Kansas City, they're still kind of lacking that home run hitter in terms of a playmaker, in terms of forcing fumbles, interceptions, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And obviously that is what Shaquille does so well. The bad news is, is that no Julian Blackman. He'll be out with the ankle injury. Uh, that was suffered last week. I thought Rodney Thomas, the seventh rounder from Yale, did a great job in his stead 
for the last three quarters. Other thing is that DeForest Buckner is kind of questionable. Uh, and, and the Colts made a move to bring up Chris Williams off the practice squad, a defensive tackle. And maybe you read between the tea leaves and think that DeForest may not be ready to go. And it is rare that DeForest doesn't play. He's basically missed one game mm-hmm. in his seven years in the league. And so if he can't play, that, that concerns you. But yet Grover Stewart has played so well a defensive tackle. I think the Colts will be okay. So um, a lot of reasons to feel positive. A couple of things that, that give you pause for concern. But I, I, I do think things are heading in the right direction with this football team with Tennessee coming to town tomorrow. Well, this is a team, obviously, that likes to run the football. So you're going you're gonna to see early on, it's about controlling the line of scrimmage. That seems to be the M.O. of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, these are two teams you could say are mirror image of each other, um, where they are two of the most run-dominant teams in the National Football League. You know, it's a Tennessee team that decided to, to, to move on from A.J. Brown and trade him to Philadelphia. Uh, this offseason you know they brought in Julio Jones for a year that experiment didn't work and so now you kind of go back to saying all right it's it's Derrick Henry and then whom else you know for the Tennessee Titans Mm -hmm. the Colts have been as good at containing Derrick Henry as any team in the National Football League the Colts are the leading rush defense in the NFL coming into the game last week Kansas City and it's not their forte running the football but they still average only two and a half yards per carry. So, um, you know, clearly for, for Indy, it's stop 22. Clearly for Nash or Tennessee, it is stop number 28. And so it could easily come down to whichever team kind of break free in the running game, probably is a team that's going to win the football game come tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and it's also a type of game where if you can get a turnover or two, uh, that certainly helps you because uh, I, this is a, I think it is when you say it's kind of a low possession type game, both teams uh, like to run the football. So there won't be a, a great number of uh, possessions in a game like this. No, there won't be, at least if both teams kind of get their ground game going, uh, which which means, you know, right. efficiently, uh, you know, doing so uh, will be the key. And this is a Colts team that is not generally a lot of offense this year. You know, 20 points in, in game one, 20 points, which was enough in game three. And we all know how bad things went in week number two. So, you know, I, I think a lot of times right. this year, Bob, I think it's going to be a race to about 24 points for the Colts. I think their defense is that good. I think few teams will mm-hmm. run up a lot of points against the Colts. I almost think 24 is kind of a line of demarcation for this team. If offensively they can get to 24 or more points, I like their chances. And if they can do that tomorrow, I think they get their second win of the season. Well, they're built that way. You know, they're, they're built to, to be this type of team. Keep it close, stay close, make plays down the stretch. You know what? And again, it's, it's a mantra of everybody. Don't give up big plays. But this is how this team's been put together. Correct. And, and again, you know, the investments in the quarterback, the investments in the offensive line, the investment is at all three levels defensively. And so, you know, the hope is for consistency offensively. The hope is, is for being able to move the ball offensively on, on a more regular basis. I'm not sure this is going to be a, an explosive offense, even when they're playing well. I don't think this is an overly explosive mm-hmm. offense. It's just a matter of can, can you consistently move the ball with Jonathan Taylor? Can you clearly do a much better job of protecting Matt Ryan and can you make those big plays in the red zone like we saw Jelani Woods do with a pair of touchdowns last week? He's Greg Rakestraw. You can catch him uh, on the uh, post-game call-in show. 
for the Colts game on the Colts Network tomorrow. And you hear him here every Friday night in his capacity at the ISC Sports Network high school football. Greg, thanks so much. I really appreciate it on a very busy Saturday night. Uh, look forward to spending time with you next week. You got it, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, we uh, you know, top the hour scoreboard update with Mr. Brendan King. Uh, excited about that because we got a lot to talk about, a lot of football to talk about. Congratulations to the Ball State Cardinals and a little overtime win. Uh, congrats to the Boilermakers uh, on a good win in Minnesota. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network will join us later on tonight to talk about that. Uh, also, we have small college football to talk about throughout the night. And plus, we'll talk a little bit more about the Colts and their matchup in Lucas Oil tomorrow with the Tennessee Titans. So the uh, football season is heavy right now. And it's also a time to remind you to join Paul Condry and me a week from tomorrow night, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock on the 9th. We'll be talking about the pairing show for the football championship on the IHSAA. Top of the hour scoreboard update with Brendan King. This is Indiana Sports Talk.